Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Cover some ground here in God's Word. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I hope you do, or some kind of device that you can open up the Word of God, I want to encourage you to open up to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. Notice I said Revelation. It's not Revelations. There's not an S on the end of Revelation. Just a thought I throw that out there to some of you. It's Revelation. The book of Revelation is a powerful book to be studied with lots of visions and symbols. And I know a lot of us, uh, we can uh, find ourselves trying to read this book and we can uh, get a little bit discouraged because maybe we don't understand everything. But I hope that through this series of messages, as the Lord leads us, that there will be some encouragement that will come out that will hopefully give us some understanding. But the book of Revelation is a book that's full of promises and prophecy. Promises and prophecies. And I know that we can be guilty of really staying away. We like to read a lot of those books in the Bible, but we stay away from Revelation a lot of people because it scares them. The book of Revelation, they say it scares them or it confuses them. Well, let me tell you this morning, please hear me, the book of Revelation is not meant to scare you, but it's meant to prepare you. The the book of Revelation is not meant to confuse you, but to comfort you. The book of Revelation is a very encouraging book full of hope that reminds us that greater days are ahead for those that are followers of Jesus Christ. When, When you're reading the book of Revelation, I want you to keep in mind the whole way through that this book is a book of great encouragement and great hope, knowing that greater things are ahead and greater days are ahead for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when you look in the book of Revelation, you're going to discover that it was written by the Apostle John. The Apostle John. Let's lay a little bit of groundwork here. The Apostle John was one of those uh, followers of Jesus Christ. He was one of those that was close to Jesus. The Bible says that he was a very compassionate and loving man of God. We know this because even Jesus from the cross, he gave instructions for John to take in Jesus' mother Mary and to look out for her. And that's what John did until Mary died. He was a very benevolent man. And eventually he went on to to pastor a church in a place called Ephesus. And it was there that a great persecution during that time when John was pastor and broke out against the church. And during that persecution, uh, God comes to the apostle John here in this book of Revelation and he begins to try to encourage him during this dark time for himself and for the church. I want you to know that this was a time when God came to John when the church was being persecuted. John was being persecuted. The Bible says that the reason John was being persecuted, you want to know why? For preaching the Word of God. He was being persecuted for preaching the Word of God. And the Bible also says that the Apostle John, this loving man, this very compassionate man, 
uh, one of the, he was a fisherman, one of those known as the, the sons of thunder. He was being persecuted not only because he was preaching the word of God, but the Bible says he was also being persecuted because of his testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find he, here in Revelation, John is being persecuted because of his preaching and his bold faith. And because of that preaching and that bold faith, the Bible says that the Romans during that time, they exiled John to an island called Patmos. And this was a prison island. This was an island where they sent prisoners and there was like salt mines there and the prisoners were forced to work in these salt mines here on this island. The Romans said to John, we have had enough of you preaching the word of God. We have heard enough of your testimony about the Lord Jesus Christ. And now we're going to remove you and ostracize you out of this culture and society. And we're going to put you on this prison island called Patmos. And it was on that island, that prison island, that God, he came to John. He came to John and spoke to him. And it was in that uh, time there, that revelation, that God spoke to John and he spoke to him about the present time and the future time. Now, we would say the future time, we might would say today the end times. Or you could say the, the study of eschatology, the, the study of the last days, the study of end times. But regardless, God comes to John on this island and gives them this revelation of the present time and the future time. And God spoke to John to let him know this, that no, no matter how dark... No matter how dark it may get in the present time that you're in, and no matter how dark it may get in the future, greater days are ahead for the church. Hallelujah. And that is so encouraging today. God was saying to John, listen, John, I know it's dark for you, and I know it's dark for the churches. It's dark right, it's dark now, and it's going to get darker as we go forward. But listen to me. You have hope, and you be encouraged because greater days are ahead for the church. Hallelujah. And can I declare to you today, right here in this present time, that I know the world that we live in, I know it's dark now, but can I tell you greater days are ahead? Listen, I know they are. Hallelujah. I know it's a chaotic world that we live in right now, but greater days are ahead. I know it's a divided world that we live in right now in our own culture, but listen, greater days are ahead. I know that the, the culture around us and the world we live in is broken by the power of sin, but can I tell you, greater days are ahead. Hallelujah. Greater days are ahead, and greater days are coming for us. Greater days are ahead for the church because the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus Christ is coming back. Greater days are ahead because the Bible says in Revelation that the church will be raptured. Hallelujah. Greater days are ahead for the church because we know that Revelation tells us that Satan and all his demons, they're going to be doomed and they're going to be destroyed when they're cast in the lake of fire for eternity. Hallelujah. Greater days are ahead for the church because Revelation tells us that Jesus is king and he will rule and reign forever and forever. Hallelujah. And I want to just tell you all today, don't lose hope. You keep looking up. You be encouraged. No matter what you see going on in the events happening around us in our world, don't you be discouraged, but you keep your eyes on Jesus because greater days are ahead. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Revelation, the book of Revelation is a book that will encourage you and give you hope. Now, that word revelation, 
you study that word in the Bible, it actually means apocalypse. Apocalypse. Some of you have ever heard that word before. You've probably seen in Hollywood where they have movies called Apocalypse and you think of war, you think of the end times. But really what this word means, that word revelation, all it means, the apocalypse means that it's an uncovering. It means to reveal something. It means to uncover something. And the book of Revelation reveals to us and uncovers to us that Jesus is the Son of God and one day he's coming back. Hallelujah. So Revelation, that's what it means, is to uncover, to reveal. So I want to read to you right now Revelation chapter 1. I don't know exactly how things are going to look going forward. I'm just going to trust the Lord to lead us. But today, we're going to start off in Revelation 1 and just lay some groundwork that will encourage us. So Revelation 1, all the way to verse 20. Lord, help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Revelation, the very first verse, the Revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on the earth. To him who loves us and who has freed us from our sins by his blood. And made us kingdom, made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Verse 7, I love it. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who reject or who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, which is suffering, and the kingdom, and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held the seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore the things that you've seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. 
and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Father, thank you for your word. And may you just speak to us today and encourage us in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You go back later this week and you read that chapter, review it again. I want you to notice with me the verses I just read through you, verses 1 through 20. The very first thing I want you to notice is about the book of Revelation is it is a divine revelation. Say divine. It is a divine revelation. And the reason it is divine is because it comes from God. It comes from God. Revelation 1.1, I just read it to you, says that God the Father, he gave this revelation to Jesus and then Jesus turns around and he gives it to his angel. And the angel turns around and gives it to John. And then John gives it to the church. Hallelujah. Now, here we have John. He's exiled on this island for preaching Jesus and for his testimony in Jesus Christ. And he receives this divine revelation from the Lord. Now, if you were to study this island called Patmos, you'll discover that it was a very dark place. And many people believe that John had his own cave there in that, on that island. And uh, I think you can actually go over in that area there off the coast of uh, Turkey and visit that place. And they actually have a place where they call John's Cave where they believed he received this divine revelation. But right there in that dark place, that dark cave, that dark island where he was at under that persecution, what happens is, is that God comes to him and gives him a divine revelation. And I want you to know, that is so encouraging to me right now, and it should be encouraging to every one of us in here. Because how many of you know that we can all find ourselves in some very dark places in life? Come on now, let's be honest. We, we can find ourselves in some very dark places, but thank God that even in the dark situations that we go through in life, those dark places that we go through, we can know that God will come to us and God will speak to us and God will give us a word that will encourage us not to give up, but to give us hope to keep going in our faith with Him. Amen. Amen. Are you thankful for that today? Amen. God came and gave this divine revelation to John so he could give it to the Christians of that day and give it to the Christians today as well to remind us and to encourage us that no matter what we see happening in the events around us in the world that's going on, we can still have hope today because of this divine revelation. Now, this divine revelation was given to those seven churches. Now, that number seven in the Bible, if you know anything about it, it's the it's number of completion. And, and we know that seven uh, represents completion, so those seven churches represent the entire church, not only the church then, but the complete church that was present then and the church that is here today. So we know that this divine revelation was given to John not only for the church then, but this divine revelation is also given for the church today, and we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. But this divine revelation was given to remind us to keep our faith, to keep our faith in Christ Jesus because greater days are ahead. This divine revelation was given to inspire the church to stay strong and to, and to stay focused and to stay courageous. Uh, that no matter how hard things may get in this life, you've got to remember, don't give up because greater days are ahead. Hallelujah. The divine revelation was given to inspire the church to hold on and to be ready because the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. This is a divine revelation meant to encourage all of us 
to keep our faith and to stay strong and to stay focused on Jesus. Don't allow the events that you see going on in the world around you uh, to lose focus because Jesus uh, has reminded us that the best is yet to come. This book is also, this book of Revelation is also a Christ-centered revelation. Let me tell you why it is. When I read to you the very first verse out of Revelation 1, do you remember what it said? It said in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the very first verse, and I know God put it there for a reason. Because when you move through Revelation, this book, you get into all these visions, you get into all these symbols, you see all these things happening, the great tribulation and all these other things taking place in different ways. But God, in his providence, made sure that he started off this book making sure that Jesus is the center of it all. That no matter what you face and no matter what we see going forward, you got to make sure that Jesus is the center of it all. Hallelujah. And so here we have knowing that this is a Christ-centered revelation. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We see here it's Christ-centered because we see Jesus, the resurrected Christ. It says in verse 17 and 18, this is what John said. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades, or the grave. That was what Jesus declared, that he is our resurrected king. When you look in the book of Revelation, you're going to see the very center of this book that Jesus is declaring, just like he did in the Gospel of John, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. He is our resurrected king. Praise the Lord. And this book, Revelation, it reveals to us, it uncovers to us, it reminds us that Jesus is alive forevermore. Can I tell you, that's why we came here this morning. (laughs) That's why we come here on Sundays. That's why we come on Wednesdays as believers into God's house. Because we come celebrating that Jesus is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. That's why we come and praise. That's why we exalt his name. That's why he's worthy. Let me tell you this morning, friend, I want to remind you that Jesus is alive forevermore. He's alive forevermore. Listen, I I don't want to offend nobody, but listen to me. Muhammad, Muhammad is dead. Listen, Buddha is dead. John Smith, the founder of the Muslim movement, he's dead. Charles Russell, the founder of Jehovah Witnesses, he's dead. Jesus is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has the keys to death and to the grave. He's alive. He's our resurrected king. Hallelujah. We see that here in the Revelation. We also see here he's a sinner. Christ is a sinner of Revelation. We see it. Jesus is the reigning Christ. He's the reigning Christ. In in that verse, uh, Revelation 1, verse 5, it says, Jesus is ruler of all the kings of the earth. Can I remind you today that Jesus rules and he reigns. He rules and he reigns. He reigns. He reigns. The Lord reigns. And I know we have a lot of world leaders today that think they reign. They think they rule. The United Nations leaders, if you've ever been to New York City and been by that building there and 
Oh, man, it's just kind of intimidating thinking about all those leaders that join there that think they rule and think they reign. The European Union think that they, they rule and they reign. China thinks they rule and reign. Russia thinks they rule and reign. We here in America think we rule and reign. You may think you rule and reign, but my Bible tells me from Revelation that Jesus is the one who rules and reigns. He's the king. He's the ruler of all the kings of the earth. Revelation 11:15 says this, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and forever. Revelation 19:16 says this about Jesus. On His robe and on His thigh, He has the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. My Bible tells me that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and it says one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus rules and He reigns. And listen, I know, I know, it seems like the world is full of chaos and it seems like everything's out of control. But let me remind you and tell you today that Jesus rules and he reigns. He's in control. He has a divine plan that reminds us that greater days are ahead for the church. He is in charge, friend. He's in charge. He is the reigning Christ. And then we see that no, he's center of the he's Christ centered revelation. He's also the redeeming Christ. Revelation 1 5 says this, I read it to you. To him who loves us has freed us from our sins by his blood. Are you thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ this morning? We are redeemed. We are redeemed. What does that word redeemed mean? It means to it means to be set free. It means to be released. It means to be loosed from the, the penalty of sin and the, the punishment of sin and the power of sin. We're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And last Sunday, we had such a wonderful time in here celebrating through communion, all of us together, celebrating the redemption that we have through the blood of Jesus Christ. We celebrated being redeemed by the blood. Are you thankful this morning that you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Amen, amen. I love that song we were singing last Sunday. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you today, friend, we need to be preaching on the blood of Jesus Christ because without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there's no forgiveness of sin. Peter says that we were bought at a high price. We were bought by the blood of the land. We've been redeemed by the blood. And we need to be preaching the blood. We need to be preaching the cross. Paul said, I preach Christ crucified. And there's so many churches today that are afraid to preach about the blood and the cross because they're afraid they're going to offend somebody that's walked through the doors for the first time. And I see some new faces in here today, and I give God praise for every one of you that are here today, especially those that are our guests today, first time with us. But I want to tell you, friend, we need to make sure that we're preaching the blood because, listen, it's the blood that redeems you. Not, listen, it's not anybody's good works. It's not anything that you can merit up favor with. Listen, it's through the shed blood blood of Jesus Christ that we have been redeemed, we've been saved, we've been washed, and we have a home in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If we refuse to preach on the blood, I tell you, we might as well just go ahead and go flip the breakers and go on home. And my question for you this morning is, have you been redeemed? Have you been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? 
Have, are your sins under the blood of Jesus? Have you been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ? Are you saved this morning? I pray, I pray, I pray you are because Jesus is the center of revelation. And I know this, he's also, he's the redeeming Christ, but he's also the returning Christ. He's coming back. He's coming back. Revelation 1-7 says this right here. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Amen. Let me just tell you right now, friend, you need to know for sure that you're saved today because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back again. And he's coming for the church through the rapture. And then he'll come again with his church for his millennial reign on this earth later on. But listen, whether you agree on all the details, the timelines, listen, it doesn't matter. The main thing is that you know, that you know, that you know that you're ready because he's coming back. Hallelujah. He's coming back. Glory to God. And that should inspire all of us today. And the book of Revelation is uh, a divine revelation. It's a Christ-centered revelation. And I'll tell you also, it's a blessed revelation. Revelation chapter uh, verse, excuse me, chapter one, verse three. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed, say blessed. blessed. Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. We need to read this book, the book of Revelation. We need to read it because there's no other book in the Bible that tells you there's a special blessing attached to it. There's a special promise of blessing attached. To the book of Revelation. And the Bible says here, if you read this, these words aloud of this prophecy, you'll be blessed. The Bible does not say read Revelation and be confused. The Bible does not say read Revelation and be discouraged. It does not say read Revelation and be fearful. It says read this book of prophecy and you will be blessed. So what are the blessings? What are the blessings when we read this Book of Revelation. Well, let me tell you, there's the blessing that we receive, and I would say there's a blessing of courage. Courage. When you read this book, Revelation, it should inspire you not to live in fear, but it should build up faith in your life that you would have a courageous faith knowing that in the end, friend, listen, we're on God's side, and God wins, and because God wins, we win. So no matter how evil and no matter how chaotic and no matter how crazy the future may get, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to have a courageous faith because I know that Jesus is victorious, and we win in the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there's the blessing of courage, and then there's the blessing of peace, knowing that God is in control. Greater things are ahead. We have a peace knowing greater things are ahead. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be freaked out. I'm not going to panic in life. No, the Bible says there's a blessing of peace that I can have when I read the book of Revelation, knowing that greater days are ahead, greater things are ahead. Knowing Jesus and, and trusting in Him, It gives me a supernatural calm even in the midst of all the chaos that we're going through in life. Can anybody testify of of that peace in your life? Come on. I think a lot of us get worried and we kind of freak out in life because we lose our perspective and we, we think that everything's just out of control. We think everything's just spinning out of control, which really God's got everything in His hands. And we have to trust Him and that gives us the peace because we know that God is in control. And then another blessing that you receive 
from the book of Revelation is God's Word gives you truth. God's Word gives you truth, and we know the truth is what sets you free. Can I tell you this? Please hear me right now. When, when we move forward in this present day and we go forward into the future, the book of Revelation is reminding us that there's going to be some events that are going to be unfolding and taking place. And I want to just tell you right now, your source of truth, you don't need to go to the media to find the truth. You don't need to go. You're not going to find the truth from the media. Can I get an amen? You're not going to find the truth going on Google and Google and Google and Google. You're not going to find the truth on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? You're not, going to, you're, not going to, you're not going to find the truth. And I know this is going to shock you right here. You're not going to find the truth from Washington, D.C. I know, I know it's, it's surprising. You're not going to find the truth from Republicans. You're not going to find it from the Democrats. You're going to find the truth. When, when you see all these events happening uh, present day and going into the future, you're going to know the truth of the events that are happening by being in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and I'm not going to get shaken, and I'm not going to just freak out, and I'm not going to be frazzled by what's going on because I know what God's Word says. Hallelujah. My goodness. Man, I just I keep going back. God keeps reminding me. He says that he was right there in the middle of those, those uh, seven lampstands. You know what? God's right there in the middle with us and everything that we're going through in our life. It don't matter. Listen, whatever the events are, he's going to be right there in the middle with us. Why am I going to be worried? Why am I going to panic? No, God is with me. I'm on his side. He loves me. He's not going to allow anything bad to happen to me. Listen, all things are going to work out for my good and for his glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I done got lost now. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing of courage. It's not time to be cowards. Come on, church. It's time to have a courageous faith and to believe God for great things. He's going to help us. Listen, there's the blessing. There's the blessing of peace. Listen, don't, don't walk around in panic and don't walk around in fear. Come on, church. You walk around with peace today, peace knowing that God is with you. And you walk around and you walk in the truth of God's word. Don't, don't be swayed by every little thing that you hear and every teaching that you hear out there. Be careful what you allow in to your ears and into all these, uh, into your mind. Listen, you make sure that you're standing on the truth of God's word. So thank God for those blessings. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and help me, sir. It's a divine revelation. It's a Christ-centered revelation. It's a blessed revelation, but it's also an urgent revelation. It's an urgent revelation. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, it says this right here. It says, the time is near. The time is near. The time is near. I don't think we have to be prophetic scholars in here today to realize, to know that the time is near. I'm not trying to uh, pronounce doom and gloom. But I want to just tell you, we need to wake up to the truth of God's Word, and the time is near. The time is near. The urgency of revelation and all the events that are taking place and that are going to take place should motivate us and inspire us to live holy lives. Should inspire us to live holy lives. You you don't want to be living in sin when Jesus comes back. I said, you don't want to be living in sin when Jesus comes back. 
You don't want to be living in sin. You, you don't want to be lost when Jesus comes back. You, you don't want to be one of those ones that's kind of on the fence. You know, you're like, well, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I, I know I need to, I know I'm a, I know I'm sinner, and I know I need to be saved, but I, I just don't know. I'm ready yet. I'm on the fence about this. I'm just... The world's pulling me one way, and then I feel like I'm going to go this way with God. I know He's calling me, but I, I'm just kind of stuck right now. You, you don't want to be one that's stuck when Jesus has come back. And listen to me, please. You don't want to be one of the ones that is left behind when the great tribulation takes place. When, when, when the, you think it's bad now, and 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 there's more to come, but the, the great tribulation, it'll be something, that'll be God's wrath being poured out. And you don't want to be left behind to experience that. That's why revelation is urgent. It's urgent. It's urgent. And so many people are deceived and will be deceived by thinking, you know what, I, I got a little bit more time. But wait a minute, the Bible says the time is near. But no, I got a little bit more time. I, I'll, I'll get right someday. Someday. Friend, listen to me. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Don't be one that's deceived and thinking that someday you'll have time to make things right. Because the Bible says that Jesus is going to come back. He's going to return. And Jesus said these words here in Revelation 22, 20. He says, Behold, I come quickly. He'll come like the lightning flashes from the east to the west. It'll happen so sudden, and it'll be too late. It'll be too, it'll be too late. Hey, you that are stuck, it'll be too late. You that someday, it's going to be too late. So that's why it's urgent. It's urgent. It's urgent. That means urgency means right now. Right, right now. Right now, you, you repent of your sins now. You, 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 you live for Christ now. You, you, you live a holy life now. You turn from sin now. And, and you surrender your life to Jesus now. Please hear me. The time is near. Therefore you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour no one will know, no one will expect. We need to be ready because Jesus is coming back. You be ready. You be ready. Be ready to go. Be ready to go. Are you ready to go? If, if Jesus was to come back today, I'm asking you right now, if Jesus was to come back today, and he could come back today, he could come back today. There's nothing in the scriptures that would stop the rapture from happening right now. It could happen today. And I'm not just saying that, to, I'm not trying to put fear in you. I'm just telling you the truth of God's word. And so the question is, if Jesus were to come back today, are you ready? Are you, would you be ready? Would you be ready, sir? Would you be ready, ma'am? Would you be ready? My friend, would you be ready? Would you be ready? You need to make sure you're ready. You need to make sure you're ready for eternity. And the only way you can do that is be prepared. The book of Revelation is not meant to scare you, but to prepare you. 
And I pray that you're prepared and that you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. I'm going to ask everyone in this place today, right now, just bow your head with me and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Listen, I want to tell you, I don't, listen, I don't care if today is the first day that you walked into this church. I don't care. I don't care if you've been coming to this church all your life. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you know, that you know, that you know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. And that can only be answered between you and God. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you, have you gone to church all your life? I'm asking you, have you surrendered and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? So right there where you are, nobody looking around. I just want you to evaluate your own life right now. Don't, don't think, well, I'm glad my friend's here to hear this, or I'm glad my wife's here, or I'm glad my husband's here to hear that. No, I'm, I'm talking to you, 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 you and you, and you, and you, and you. I'm talking to you. Are you saved? Are you on your way to heaven because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Right there where you are, if you're not sure that heaven is in your future, I want you just to pray with me right now. Just begin to talk to the Lord from your heart. And you can just pray something like this. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I have sinned and fallen short of your glory, God. But the gift of God is eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ. And I want to just receive the gift of salvation right now. I want the gift of eternal life. So, Lord, I, first of all, I repent of my sins. I turn from my sins right now. I'm, I'm turning from that sin and sins and I'm repenting. And Lord, now I'm receiving. I'm receiving, Lord, that gift, your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness that I believe that you died on the cross. You took my place. I deserved it, but you, out of your love, took my place and you shed your blood to redeem me. To set me free from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and the punishment of sin. And so right now, I just commit my life to you. I confess. Do it right there where you are. Just say, I confess, Jesus, you are my Lord. I confess. And I believe in my heart that God, the Father, raised you from the dead. And that you are alive forevermore. And you have the keys to death and Hades. And because you live forever. I can live forever too in a place called heaven. So I give you my life, commit my life to you right now. In Jesus' name, nobody looking around, nobody looking around. If you're here this morning.